Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio. For 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Today on the show, we're having a chat about tech that changed our lives. You know, we all have toys and latest gadgets, but like many things, they eventually end up in the skip. What we're trying to remember today are the items of tech that actually changed our world forever. And I believe, Niall, it was you who said changed our world. Well, now, when I say our world, I'm, I'm talking about oh, individual yes, level. Yes, yes, it's not like we're Walter and the other fellow for the odd no. couple. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So listen, so what, tell me, what's, what's top of your list? What was the one thing that kind of changed your life? Forever. Change my life forever. Okay, here we go. The Compact Presario 1230, to which you go, what? <laughs> that, that sounds, it's either games machine or very early computer. It is, actually, it's neither. It's a laptop that was released around, I think it was around 2000, 2099, mm. um, And this was my first uh, laptop. Uh, and it was 12 inches. And by today's standards, probably, you know, <gasps> The weight of three bricks oh, tied God. together. Yeah. Um, it ran Windows 95. It had two speakers just where your hands would rest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you either took your hands away to listen to something and you just had music blasting in your face, which is tremendously uncomfortable, uh, or you were typing and you were muffling your speakers as you went. So uh, not a fantastic user experience. Um, let's give you some, some nice specs on here. It had uh, 175 megs, 175 megahertz Intel Pentium WMMX processor. Ooh, you went all the way with that bad boy, I didn't you? I went all the way. <laughs> uh, let's see, I, it had less than a, a 100 megs of a, um, a hard drive. Um, I, I, you know, I think it, it had 60, 64 kilobytes of RAM. It, it, look, the, the specs by today's standards would make you laugh. Mm. Um, actually, yeah, 16 megs of non-removable RAM. Uh, it could take up to 80 megs. So times have moved on, it's fair to say. Um, but it was my first. And how did that change your life? Was that your first computer or your first laptop? That was my first PC. Wow. Yeah. Now, hang on. You've been very coy there. Yeah. When you say it was your first PC, are you yeah. saying it was your first PC and you had an Apple Mac before that? No, no. It was my first mm-hmm. PC. I was. I had just finished uh, college when I invested in one on my own. Previous to that, I was using the machines in college when I went. Ah, so this is the first one you owned. This is the first one I owned because the computer centers uh, in UC, they were actually pretty generous. Mm. I mean, there was, there was loads of them. Now, if you go, if you have a look at any of the uh, universities these days, I mean, you stand up, there's thin clients everywhere. You log in, you can check whatever, and you're gone. They don't even bother putting putting seats now. They are absolutely everywhere. And it's fantastic to see. Um, but uh, in my day, there was the computer center where you went or had to queue up or wherever. And there was one in the basement. And there was one that was a, a building unto itself, which is brand new. 
And uh, those were your, your choices. You make it sound like the whole thing was operated by Arthur C. Clarke. Do you know <laughs> you what? You had to book time with the man you, himself. You almost had to book time and it was ridiculous. <laughs> well, strangely, the, the, the piece of tech that changed uh, my life, uh, or probably not strange, it was also my first computer. Mm-hmm. And my first computer ran uh, a thing called uh, Microsoft DOS. <laughs> okay. This, yeah. is, this is pre-Windows. Pre-Windows. Pre-Windows 311 or any of that old window fancy schmancy 95 mm-hmm. that you were getting on with there. Uh, MS-DOS. And actually, do you know what? I loved it because it was an uncle of mine uh, and his job was to go into companies and basically um, rip the guts out of them and fire people and mm. uh, stuff like that, whatever uh, you would call that. But anyway, he had a load of computers from this company and he was flogging them off. And I, did, I don't remember the specs. But it was something like it probably had a one megabyte hard drive and mm. two two k of memory or RAM or whatever yeah. or whatever. It was I've done me by today's standard, but it was you would turn it on and you would see all of the text coming up on the on on the screen, black screen, green text, um, and then uh, then you would just see the C prompt, and then you would have to put in the commands that you needed mm. to launch the. There was some kind of a database program on it. I can't remember, but. Uh, what I was able to do with the database program was I was able to design my own database and then enter all of my music because I had masses of like vinyl and uh, I didn't even have CDs at that stage, my mm. God. Uh, and I just needed to keep track of it. Mm. But to be able to kind of like, you know, just go to this machine and go, I'm looking for a song by blah, 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 and then type it in. It would say, mm. you've got these seven songs, but and these are the numbers of songs. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, this is before the internet. Not, not even able to play them, just to know that they're no, there. I, I was never game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Just to know they're there and to be organized. And mm. I think there was an accounting package that I could have used, but I never did. That's what, that's what I used the computer for. But just the fact that I was able to get this computer and make it do exactly what it was that I wanted mm. to do. Yeah. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. I don't even remember what the thing was other than it was huge. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have we got on your list? Okay. Uh, going way, way back. Okay. We, we started with me in my, my late teens, early twenties. We are we are going back to Nile in single digits. Wow. Single, Ooh, single digit Nile. Okay. Yeah, Short or, pants, or the works. You know, we, we are in Bray or Court Town. Uh, we are in a wonderful amusement arcade, which uh, probably long gone at this stage. Um, and you may or may not remember some coin-op machines were huge because they, they were little cockpits. Yes. Do you remember these? And the first one that I was ever exposed to was for Star Wars. Do you remember this one? I don't know. You, you I sat don't. in and I actually got the game on a Commodore 64 um, a couple of years later uh, and it was still the same game. And uh, you you sat in and you had like the controller and you had like little triggers. And then if you wanted to fire the uh, photon torpedoes to blow up the Death Star, you had to press triggers on the front. There were two buttons on the back and you had to tilt downwards all at the same time. And if you did that, then you couldn't. Uh, trigger a sort of the, the end of the Death Star big explosion uh, and then it would start all over again only it would add on a different level and it would so it would go right so you would start at the easy level and then it would add another bit and then if you did well on that it would add another bit and it sort of you know it got progressively harder as you went along um, and this was just crazy I mean if you're if you're a young lad and you're you're shunted into one of these things um it's it's so entertaining and so immersive 
uh, a word that we throw around quite a bit these days. Uh, but that's all, that's all there was. Um, and then the natural, um, the natural uh, I, I, successor mm-hmm. is the word I'm looking for, uh, was a game called Afterburner. And it basically was the same idea. It was a cockpit, only this was on hydraulics. So you could go up, you physically go up, down, side to side, uh, and it was pretty good. Now, I'm sure if you were to take the game out of the cockpit, it was probably kind of mediocre. Mm. But the fact that you were, you know, actually moving was was something quite, quite astonishing uh, for my, my adolescent uh, mind to to handle. Uh, I would like to throw in, when it comes to arcade machines, a uh, notable mention to a game called Space Gun, which uh, was, again, probably quite ordinary on its own, but it had the most amazing physical gun that you could actually play with. You know the ones, you know, they're stuck to the, the, yes, the machine. Them, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, absolutely fantastic game because there was a pump action on the, on the gun as well. So you could, you know, shoot as normal and then you would do your pump action and it would give you an extra or, or, or a different weapon. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So, you know, three arcade machines that mm. uh, really moved me in my youth. So, I mean, you're, you're taking me way back as well to arcade machines. But uh, when I was a, a kid and on holidays and stuff like that, it was Asteroids and Pac-Man. And, mm. uh, Defender? And, um, no, I never played Defender. Um, Galaga? Space Invaders. Yep. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. So like, you know, kind of, and then when they brought them out, that you could do apps on smartphones. It's like somebody did a Space Invaders app. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have an app version of R-Type 2, mm. which, uh, if seasoned gamers will, will remember, uh, or seasoned retro gamers will remember. And, you know, it's the same game as it always was. Uh, and it makes you go, do you know what? This is actually quite entertaining in its own little way. Once you once you set your expectations, it, it fulfills them quite nicely. So yes, go retro games. All right, and that's and that's what got you into gaming then for life. Uh, Were you kind of a gamer before that, or? Well, I mean, when you're single digits, that's your that's your interaction. All right, okay. you know? all right, fair enough. All right. Uh, next on my list is it's not a game, um, but uh, an audio editing system called uh, Pro Tools, or in fact, actually, it wasn't even Pro Tools. Session Eight is when it was known at the time. Okay, and what what? Uh, era are we talking about here? We were talking, about, let me see, that would have been 90, would have been early, no, late 90s. Okay, right. right. Um, and before that, where I learned to do my audio editing was in these, you've seen old pictures of old recording studios with uh, reels of tape on them that mm. were like, you know, half an inch thick. Yeah. And they were so thick because each, if you can imagine that piece of tape was split into bands mm. and you were able to record different things on on different slices of the tape so to mm. speak all right so if you were looking at it from the top down you would see eight or maybe 16 different things as you record on the same tape mm. but the problem was was that um normally if you were playing a band then you would record but you would record the drummer on one track and the singer on another track and the guitarist on another track or whatever mm. um or the more likely what happened and it still happens to this day is the drummer would do his thing first and then the bassist would go in and then the guitarist would go in and everybody yeah. does that they never play uh, collectively anymore um but for radio production, uh, what we had to do was to do all these things one thing at a time. And we'd have to rewind the tape. And then if we had to do an edit, oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's like if you can imagine word editing or something like that. And then if you make a change in one paragraph, you're changing eight paragraphs at the same time. Mm. That's exactly what it was like editing tape. 
Mm. Um, so it was complicated. Then I remember we'd have to play things. We'd have one track and playback, one track and record, and we'd have to hit something at precisely the right time. So drop in and uh, whatever. Anyways, basically, this Session 8 thing came along and it gave you eight tracks. And you could visually grab blocks of audio with whatever it was and then just move them around exactly where they wanted them. And then mm. you could change the volume or you could change the EQ or the compression. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. This is amazing. It's kind of like if you had paper and all you had was charcoal. <laughs> and then somebody gave you, you know, kind of a box of crayons or something like that and suddenly you can do color. It was that kind of a huge mm. difference. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then to be able to do that was just... Mm. And then the other thing I think was to be able to do that then uh, at home or to do it in my own office was just, wow, that was even more wow. Because mm. previous to that, you were talking about big recording studios or broadcasting organizations where you'd have to have all kinds of. And I mean, even back in, the, in, in those days, these are days before you'd have plugins. So I'd still need a rack of outboard, outboard equipment. Yeah. For compressors and EQ and effects and reverb and da da and God knows what else, like, you know. <laughs> and then kind of to tie in with that, um, um, shall I keep going? No, 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 no. Let me not keep going. Let me, let me, let me throw it back to you. And okay. I'll, I'll get on to part two of that. But that whole audio editing on a computer is something that just mm. boom, blew my mind. Okay, right. Uh, okay, I'm going to move on to something that you're, you're probably going to be slightly disappointed in, but uh, I'm going to say my first broadband connection. Okay, well, that, why would I be Which was that? 2005, okay. uh, the lateness thereof. Um, and it was with a company no longer with us called Clearwire. Oh, I remember them, yes. Yeah, and the attraction was, um, it was a little box and it didn't have to be connected up to a phone line. Mm. And I was like, that is fantastic because I had a little apartment to my own at the time. And I was like, oh, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Mm. So uh, let's just get this little box. And was this go. broadband via uh, air, was it? Uh, no, uh, Clearwire was its own company and it worked uh, through mobile phone masts. That's that's where their little broadcasters were. Right. And I, sort of, but you didn't need to have a physical phone line no, installed. You no. So you had a little antenna somewhere. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Right. OK, that's yeah. what I meant. Yes. So I'd, uh, I had my little box in the window. And um, it got me one meg. Wow. <laughs> and I was delighted. Uh, I think the advertisement at the time was, you know, one meg, perhaps up to three, mm -hmm. you know, if you were lucky. Mm. Um, and this just, I mean, I, I, the Internet went away from just checking static pages and, and email. You know, because YouTube was just ramping up at the time mm. and Facebook was just ramping up at the time. Mm. So there, there was actually stuff to do on the Internet that was beyond sort of what, what you would have expected of a computer before. Um, and it was, you know, ridiculously easy to, uh, to connect to and all that kind of because it was just a box and you just ticked in. There was no additional software or anything like that. Um, great little thing. And then uh, important lesson in contracts. Right. Um, the, <laughs> Go on. I'd signed tell up for. Um, tell us your tale. I think my initial contract was for a year, and um, I, I checked back after two because you know everything was going out of my account, and I was happy with how things were set up. And their package had gone up to ten megs. My service had not. <laughs> so I'd give them a ring and say, "Yeah, you know the way that you've done that. Well, can you do that for me?" And they're like. Oh, yeah, okay, we knew that. And then later on, the, the contracts had changed again, mm -hmm. and I didn't notice. Mm -hmm. So I rang them up and said, can you do that for me? Mm. And they're like, 
Oh, yeah, we can. And, you know, the more you kept on top of it, the more you actually got back. Now, unfortunately, I ended up getting a Dear John letter um, from Clearwire because it was taken over by Imagine. Uh, so I had Imagine Broadband for another year and a half, two years. And then they sent me a Dear John letter because mm-hmm. they were moving out of Dublin. Okay. And now they look after sort of the, the regions, if you will, and they're getting into 5G. That's, All right. their, okay. that's their thing. So I have gotten two Dear John letters from broadband providers in my life so far, which is slightly, slightly disappointing. But um, there you go. So Clearwire Broadband. Wow. And do you know the one thing that you have mentioned in all of that mm-hmm. was that you didn't have to connect and disconnect. It's true. Broadband was always on. Yeah, yeah. How rem- how remarkable, how novel. I know. I, I did, when you said that one megabyte, I went, oh my God, that's terrible. And then I immediately remembered paying a fortune for a two meg uh, uncontended link. Mm, so yeah. it was all for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's far too much. When you think back on it, oh my God. Uh, another thing that changed my life was uh, it, it, prior to broadband, there was ISDN. Mm, yeah. Which was a specific digital telephone line network, essentially. And I think you were able to get internet through it at one stage. And you were. Uh, but what I used it for was a, a box called a Telos Zephyr. And the best way I can describe that is it was like a digital quality telephone. Mm. And I was reading a book recently. I keep talking about this book I read recently about the mm. MP3 file and how it was a disaster until they put it onto the internet for free and then mm. it changed the world. Um, but what actually happened before that was they sold the MP3 codec to this company called Zephyr because what Zephyr did was they uh, uh, built boxes to connect baseball fields in the United States with the radio station for commentary. Right. And uh, the Zephyr used the MP3 codec so the guys sitting in the baseball field came through in microphone proper audio CD quality, if you like, back on the uh, on the radio. Hmm. Um, and that's what I used the Zephyr for. Um, I used to do voice sessions with people in America, you know, these big American voices go, you're listening to, hmm. blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it used to work where you would have to sit on the telephone and listen to what they're doing and direct them until you got exactly what you wanted. Then they would have to put the tape in a package with FedEx, send it through. Of course, the occasional person will put a value on the tape. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And then you're getting charged duty on top of that. And you go, oh, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> anyways. Um, uh, yes. So this uh, whole ISDN meant that you could direct it live and record it in your own studio mm. and be able to work on it immediately. It was just life changing for the kind of stuff that I did. Mm. Mm. So that's uh, ISDN is one thing that changed my life. ISDN, that's, that's yep, that's a pretty good one. Uh, okay, um, I am going to give you a piece of technology that was actually important and then one that was kind of important to me but other people thought was a bit naff, okay? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to uh, say an important piece of technology to me was the Samsung Taco 480. Okay. And I give this a mention because it was my last dumb phone. Ah, right. Okay. No screen on it. Uh, well, it was but no screen as we know today. There, there was a touch screen on it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a capacitive screen. Okay. Uh, now, it wasn't as bad as the uh, BlackBerry Storm where you had to physically press <laughs> the display and it felt it something awful. like the Nokia N95. 
Um, a little better than the N95. Okay. Uh, like it did actually have like a, a full screen on it. Yeah. It just wasn't brilliant. Um, and what, what I liked about it was that there were loads of widgets on the screen that you could customize. And down the side, there was a bar with a little arrow on it that you could bring your widgets to the front or to the back. They would slide back and forth. Um, and performance wise, it wasn't a fantastic phone. I mean, it was, it was reasonable. Uh, you know, nice sort of buttons on the front. Reasonably uh, decent um, touchscreen, hmm. um, but it was the last of the dumb phones that I ever owned. Right. So this is sort of my bridge phone. You know, this, this is the point I, uh, at which I said, okay, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I, am, I will now move on to, uh, to an iPhone. Right. We had a good run. Uh, so there you go. Samsung Taco 480. Now, for the one that was kind of naff, uh, but that I really liked was the Nokia 5210. Now, you probably don't remember this. I'd say most people don't remember this. I remember, it was the Nokia 9110, was it? Was that the, the classic? No, there was nothing classic about this, I tell uh, you that much. The 5210, oh, I like 5210. Now, it, it was, a, <laughs> it came, naturally enough, after the 3310, which everybody knows and loves yeah. and owns. Um, I'm sure you had one at one stage. I'm I just looking did. it up right now. 5210, okay. we'll see what you talk about. Okay. And um, when I bought it, it was pitched very much at sort of the, the surfer, the, the active oh, sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, this was a proper classic Nokia phone. It was, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, what's naff about this? It was, it was pitched at sort of the the extreme sports element if you will but by the time it reached my hands it had become a builder's phone <laughs> ah right okay all right yeah and uh one nice thing that you could do was that it came in sort of a plastic shell yeah that you could press the the sides in and you could take you know you could take the phone bit outside of the shell and if you wanted a different kind of shell different color or whatever you could just click customize it in customize it yeah you could customize it and it had this uh wrist strap uh, which I quite liked. Mm. And it had um, sort of these elongated laces that came out of it that I kept wrapping around uh, the phone. So whenever I wanted to use it, I had to unwrap it before uh, answering it or making a call or anything like that. It was it was ridiculous, but I really liked it. Uh, and, you know, it had the usual suspects like Snake and all this sort of thing. And uh, I think it had an infrared um, uh, in it for some reason. For reasons. Doesn't matter. You could use it as a remote control for your telly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was the only person that I knew that had one. Yeah. Therefore, I'm giving it an honorable mention because everybody knows 3210, 3310. Yeah. Best selling phones of their era and brilliantly usable, etc., etc. Nobody has a bad word to say about them. But for me, the 5210, it was, it was the phone I got after the 3310. Can't even remember why I bought it, to be honest. Right. But uh, it holds a, a special place in my heart. All right. Well, uh, one of the things that I, d- I don't want to say, actually, speaking of phones, yeah, uh, I think I th- all of those phones were great. But the one that really impressed me, and yeah, I'm going to blow you sideways with when I say this, was the very first iPhone. Okay. It wasn't the iPhone 4 or mm-hmm. the iPhone 10 or the fact that this, this was so new, it was just called the iPhone. <laughs> 2.5G. Uh, um, I didn't have one. A friend of mine had one in London, and he got it just as it came out, like mm. literally that week, weekend, because he, he had really had the latest, the greatest, whatever. Mm. And I just remember holding it going, man, that's good. I don't know if I want one, but that's good. Mm. Uh, that's impressive. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I always remember holding it kind of going, I think maybe it was too expensive. Maybe mm. that's what I was kind of thinking. I was going, that's good, but I'm not going to pay that much for it. Uh, I can't, I can't yeah. remember what it was or the data use or whatever. I, I don't know. But uh, I do remember being impressed. Mm. A couple of interesting things about the release of the original iPhone. Steve Ballmer laughing at it, going, 
$500 for a phone, nobody is ever going to spend that on a phone. <laughs> okay, good, sir. Yeah, now uh, And number two was uh, the Irish release of the first iPhone because it was a good six months before it arrived here, or six or eight months. Like, it was a long time mm. waiting before it came here. But there was already... Um, sort of rumours in the wind about a 3G version. So you had people in Ireland going out, buying the iPhone as soon as it landed, only for the 3G version to have a, a release and to land here much quicker yes. a few months later. So I remember there was all manner of calls into Joe Duffy, um, very irate people saying, you know, I just went out and I bought this thing because mm. it was the latest and gracious. And all of a sudden now it's not. And I got to spend another package of money on this. What's going on? So, um, yeah, there you go. Grand well, listen, iPhone. I've got time for one more um, one more for you. Uh, okay. I had, uh, I love the Airbus A380, an amazing aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone I've done. The EU, because they just, I mean, they've brought us free roaming. Data yep. roaming. That's so fair play to them. But I th- email, I remember the first time sending yep. email to a friend of mine in Vancouver and getting a reply within five minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. When you're used to posting letters, that's an innovation. <laughs> uh, but I think my last one, I'm definitely going to go with the Kindle. Yeah, okay. Because I love buying gadgets and da 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 and that is one gadget that I have used extensively ever since I got it, and it did kind of change my life in a certain way, in mm. that I now much prefer reading books on a Kindle, because mm. I'm used to the size and the shape and the and, 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 and the whatever. So mm. this we all know what a Kindle is. I just loved it. What's your last okay. one, then? My, my last two, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Examples of when, for me, a product was perfected and everything thereafter has been sort of a, an iteration as opposed to a genuine innovation. Uh, I'm going to say the iPad 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the point at which, yes, they got the, the iPad right. Mm-hmm. Everything for me has been sort of kind of derivative since then, be it the Mini or the Pro or anything like that. Mm. I think the iPad 2 was the perfect expression of that idea. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going I'm going to still say the best iPhone ever released is the 4S. I had a 4S, actually, and it was, yeah. a, it was a bloody good phone. It's a great phone. And I think everything that has happened, if you look at, you know, design, usability, etc. Okay, the screen's got bigger. But that design still harkens back to the 4S or I, the 4. I think they got the, that's where they got the basics right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like everything else has been just an improvement. Yeah, yeah. It was the last time that I went wow at, a, at an iPhone. Surely not. Oh, come on. I mean, if you look at 7, I mean, it's nice. Yeah. But what else looks like it? Yeah, I suppose. I'm, probably, I'm the same as Samsung's in that, yeah. Yeah, even when I got my first uh, big Samsung with the Note, whatever it was, 3 or something like that, 100 years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, I loved it, but... Yeah, it's, well, no. yeah, and you looked at the 4 and Thanks. you went... Thanks, you just ruined my day now. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you look at the 4 and it didn't look like anything else on the market in well, the same true. way that the original iPhone didn't. That's true, that's true. And it was at the height of things where if you had an iPhone, you were Mr. Cool or yeah. whatever. And then everything went wrong because the antenna didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Great inventions of our time. Listen, that is it for our show for this week and our little memories of uh, bits of tech that changed our lives. Uh, do remember, you can get the uh, lowdown on all things tech in Ireland as things happen with our hourly updates and new daily newsletters and more, which is on our website at techcentral.ie. And of course, we are online with the programme or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RT Radio 1 Extra as well. Until next time, from myself, Dusty, and from Niall here at Tech Central HQ. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.